Hi, I'm Brianna Guntz, and this is Music Wave. With me today, I have the one and only Spencer Jordan. How are you today? Doing so well. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. I'm, this is, I've never done a podcast before, so this is exciting. Yeah, I'm very excited to have you here. So just diving right in, what first got you into music? I would have to say, you know, this is probably a cliche answer. It's a really square answer, actually. My mom watched The Sound of Music all the time when I was like a little, little kid, like a Mm five-year-old. And I watched it constantly. You first released Maroon 5 in 2019, right? And that was your very first kind of edging into the music industry. So what did you want to be when you were younger? Just because it's in my head, don't make it real. What I, that's actually such a great question because it's still something that I think that I could be in some capacity. I really wanted to be a movie critic. I really wanted to be somebody who watched movies or TV shows or anything and got to got to interview actors and directors. Now, what it, I didn't know it existed at the time, so I thought it was all-encompassing movie critic, but like somebody who works for one of those companies that does junkets where they interview the actors and they get to go on set during filming and just it seems so cool my like movie and show taste always was a little more pretentious <laughs> yeah and, like my, my my whole family won't talk about stuff with me because they're like oh spencer is just gonna uh, he's just gonna like talk down to us again. He's just gonna That's say the so things funny. that we like are terrible. I'm like, no, they're not terrible. I just, I, I like things like editing and the screenplay and you just want to see something punch someone. So, but, so Twilight movies are not anywhere up on your list, are they? Okay. So that's a common misconception. I, in no realm do I think those movies are good critically, <laughs> but I do think that there is something to be said for the movie that if you, either you turn your brain off or like I have some guilty pleasure movies. I absolutely love, like I just watched 17 again and Easy A. And that was when cringe humor, like the secondhand embarrassment was so huge. But I think there's something to be said for the movie that just makes you feel good, even if it's not critically the best thing in the world that's fair yeah like i love cobra kai i'm watching i binge watched cobra kai in Mm -hmm. a day and that is not prestige television (laughs) that's fair that's fair i thought that we were even that time can you tell me a little bit about what your creative process is like when you're writing a song or working on an ep for sure so it's a little bit different every single time i usually if it's a song that i'm gonna put out i tend to know when i have the hook in my head like the kind of the, the point of the song or like i have a verse that i wrote and i'm just like this song if i get it right will be a song that i put out Mm-hmm. And so I will then go to, sometimes I write them by myself. I have, um, friends don't do that on my last EP. I wrote yeah. by myself. Futons and frat house ceilings. Friends first, but I caught feelings. Thought you had them too, but then you said I was wrong. And I love that song, but it's very much unedited me. Usually if it's a song that I know or I'm interested in maybe putting out, I'll bring it to someone I'm very close with and know that we have a really good rapport in the writing room and we'll try and make something that is both commercially viable in some capacity. That's not always the goal. And you don't want to only write things because they're commercially viable. Right. But also if they're true to me and they kind of like, if it doesn't say something important, and I don't mean like worldly important, 
but just like if it doesn't hit on like a universal truth about being a person then i'm probably not gonna do it like and if it's something that's like someone else could say i don't really want to do it i, I really want to put out songs that when you hear them you're like that is spencer jordan yeah i want to be the person that you listen to that song and like that's exactly how i'm feeling about this thing that i'm going through right now yeah so what are your future plans for music? What are you working on right now? What are your goals coming up in the future? Ooh, uh, my future plans right now in the very, very immediate future, I'm actually putting out a song called Danny Phantom. Actually, that, that kind of is a part of the question that you asked, how do I go about writing songs? Mm-hmm. A lot of times I will pick like a thing to write around. So like I have a song called Maroon 5. I have um, Danny Phantom, a character from my childhood. I've got a song called Kryptonite. Turn invisible and maybe even fly. And it turns out I was right. Cause it seems like lately every Friday night. My superpowers kicking right on time. But I'm not saving anybody else's ass but mine. Cause I got a weakness, but you'll never see it as long as I leave quick. I should come with a warning, play my origin story When you're looking for me in the morning Cause I'm going, 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 going Looks like I'm going ghost again I let them in the night You have a cell phone, you can get ghosted Never stops hurting <laughs> No, no it doesn't, no it doesn't <laughs> The thing is, the thing is, I've been the ghoster But I've also been the one being ghosted I've been on both. Well, here's the karmic justice of it all. I wrote that song when I had been the ghoster for a very long time. And then I was kind of like, I went on a couple dates with someone who I was like, this is, this is it. I'm going to marry this guy. (laughs) And, and lo and behold, I got ghosted. And I'm just like, this is the worst feeling in the world. It hurts. I hate this so much. And now, now I'm so afraid to like, because like I've been ghosted too by not just that one person and I'm almost like ashamed to put the song out because they'd be like Spencer you didn't ghost me I ghosted you <laughs> you're like no it's about this other time I ghosted someone else it's about a different time it's not you it's it's not even like it's not even like a thing it's like a like more of an artistic thing because I'm going 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 looks like I'm going ghost again I let them in the night in Florida and now you're in Nashville, right? Mm -hmm. So how did that move change your music? Okay, that's a great question. So I I was raised in South Florida. Both my parents still live there. My sisters are both down there. I didn't leave until I was 22 because I went to the University of Florida for uh, English and counseling. Those were my two degrees and look how well I am using them now. But when I was in college, I was in a band and I played a lot of like Maroon 5 Matchbox 20 vibes. Mm-hmm. So, very like band music, if that yes. makes sense. And the band isn't really doing too well right now. Like, not not my band, but like the band, like the general concept of the band. Yeah. It's a lot of the solo artists. My band was like, one of them like super loved math rock. The other one wanted to go be an agent. And the other one is just this most in- the incredible guitar player. So, mm-hmm. our interests were kind of diverging in that sense. So, I went to Nashville. Uh, right after college to essentially learn to write a better song. I was writing all alone when I was in college. Yeah. And um, 
when I came here, I kind of learned, hey, Spencer, maybe stop writing five minute um, sad ballads and um, learn how to write a song that is three and a half minutes, unless, you're, unless you want to write your own personal All Too Well. I think All Too Well by Taylor Swift is a perfect song and it's like 10 minutes. Yeah. But uh, you know, there's a time and place for those, but I kind of learned how to say more with less. You said, hey, I tried to fake a smile. It yeah. I think it's, it's so important. You know, if you have a 10-minute song where every second of it is involving and saying something cool, write a 10-minute song. Yeah. So that, I learned that. I found a really cool pop scene here, and I, I figured, and it's, this has been a really recent thing for me, but I figured I didn't have to compromise the things that I love about music for the things that I think consumers love about music mm-hmm. and everyone thinks you're going to have to sell out and it's it's almost the opposite you have to be the most authentic version of yourself for people to relate to you yeah that's yeah. definitely true i feel like so i was writing songs that i thought people would want to hear instead of songs that i wanted to hear and now i'm writing songs that i want to hear so is what you're releasing now a combination of what you want to hear and what you think people want to hear Yes, it is a combination, I think. The closest I'm, I'm getting on this EP to a song that's like just for me is my song Kryptonite. It's, my, it's one of my favorite songs. It's the first song that I wrote where I was like, huh, I think this is what it's all about. And then uh, this EP kind of formed itself around that song. And then I wrote Danny Phantom shortly after and I was like, huh, this is also what it's all about. That's so and, um, Danny Phantom, which is about essentially it's an apology. It's about me realizing at the time in my life that I was kind of, I was not being the best. It's about ghosting. So I was hurt. I was at a place where I like, you know, hurt people hurt people and I was not great. So then I have a song called Fighting Fires coming out next. Which is about how um, I, instead of fixing my own issues, especially growing up, I would try and fix everyone else's, including my families, my friends, and I became the person who was trying to fight everyone else's fire. Feeling like the only fireman in California. I'm fighting fires. Well, everybody else is striking matches everywhere. This smoke climbs higher. So I keep mine inside until I'm running out of it. And I'm so damn tired. Don't they know it's easier if they just did it? Who are some people that you have kind of met or gotten to know through the music industry? Mm, okay, this is a great one because I I can say that there are people here who have like legitimately impacted my life. Not just like they made my life better, like, oh, you make my time better, but like they have made my actual living situation better. First, I will say the artist Gail and her whole family and her mom. Uh, she's a, Gail is a, she's a 16 year old artist and just the most incredible powerhouse songwriter and vocalist and artist in her own right. And uh, I met her when I was running writer's rounds. We write together and she gives me all the <laughs> Gen Z advice. She, just like, it, it's great because I like to say that between the, her mom and her, if you average out the, the, like the median age, it's someone who is appropriate for me to hang out with. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, but they actually, um, I kind of lost my housing situation during COVID. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were like, Spencer, we have an extra room. 
Um, we're already bringing in one of our other favorite co-writers, Sarah Davis, who is incredible as well. And I also write with her. We essentially had a four month long writer's retreat oh, that during is COVID. Cool. Yeah. And I, I, it was like, I was, I was in, in a family, like we had family dinner. We like would all like, we had chores. It was really cool. Does that help give you a sense of home in Nashville since you're away from Florida? 100%. Anytime I'm having like a mini breakdown, I, I call Brandy, Taylor's mom, and it's it's so beneficial because they've, by knowing them, they have made me love my artistry more. They have made me a smarter and better artist. And they've also introduced me to people mm-hmm. and like helped me foster relationships that I wouldn't have had other, um, before I met them. That's so special. Um, oh my God. I am in, so indebted to them. And just their friendship is incredible. You know, in Nashville, your coworkers are your best friends, are your therapists, are your competition. Mm-hmm. But it's so rare that you get to just have people who you just, they're your family. Yeah. Yeah. Another person I would say, Elise Yulo, who wrote Danny Phantom with me. She's a producer and an artist or and a writer. She's like an extension of me when it comes to writing. Yeah. She gets in my head. She says exactly what I want to say. I'm Knowing her has made my writing better. Yeah, I mean, off the top of my head, there's so many people in Nashville who mm-hmm. I can attribute my general happiness to. So those are just a few of them. Does the Nashville scene get overwhelming since it's such a big place for music? I think it's actually the opposite. It's so much smaller than than you think, in, in a good way. The community here is one that isn't really of competition. It's more of collaboration and hyping each other up. And that's what I love about Nashville. Yes, it's overwhelming because we all have imposter syndrome and we are all the main character in our own story and we all have anxiety or something that is keeping us from seeing ourselves the way that people probably see us. Yeah. But the moment you can get past that, you realize that this town is here for you. Not, it's not against you. That's awesome. I love that. He's gone and we're here alone In the light It's just one who is one artist, alive or dead, that you would love to collab with? I think just because it has to be John Mayer. You yeah. know? It has to be John Mayer. Because, one, you can. If you, if you get big enough and you get his attention, he'll work with you. <laughs> but I just love his songwriting. And his stuff recently has just been so interesting, the projects that he picks up. Mm-hmm. and the people that he kind of mentors. I think he's still got a great finger on the pulse of like what is going to be a hit, but also what is going to make people feel something. Yeah. So kind of towing that line. Yeah. It's a really important line. Yeah, for sure. Have you had an I made it moment yet? Because I know you aren't necessarily like blowing up with like hundreds and then thousands of people, but you do have quite a few thousand people who are following you and listening to you on a regular basis. Yeah, that's so cool. I, th- I think that ideally in your life, you're going to have a bunch of I made it moments mm-hmm. because I just, okay, I just watched Soul on the Pixar movie and it completely readjusted the way that I look at making it because mm-hmm. 
you know, you, you're just like, for so long, I live from the next good moment to the next instead of enjoying everything going on in between because life isn't just the making it. I think that the first moment where, where I was like, this is real. I'm doing this. I'm, this is a thing that I, I can do this realistically. And other people want me to do it, not just me, was when... I'm not gonna, I don't wanna say names because I don't, I think that's a really weird thing to do. But one of my, uh, I'm, I'm changing my answer, by the way. It's not John Mayer anymore, it's John Bellion. That's also very fair. Yeah, it's, it, I totally, how have I forgotten about John Bellion? And he, everything he touches turns to gold. I watched his, oh, I'm, I'm such a, I'm so ADD. I watched his like live concert a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And we watched it in like a studio with a big TV and it was magical yeah so a producer who i really respect wink wink was sent a song that i wrote recently in the house that i was staying at in coven and um they they said that this is a perfect song and it wasn't making it because the song hasn't done anything yet and it's still being held but someone who i think only makes perfect songs said that i wrote a perfect song that's incredible and it's 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 really cool. That's so cool. Oh my gosh. Now I can't wait to hear the song. <laughs> that song will come out in some capacity in the very near future because that there are three songs that I say, if you listen to them, you will know exactly who Spencer Jordan is. You'll know exactly who I am. Mm-hmm. And they are Kryptonite, Danny Phantom, and a song called The Boy in My Phone. And they tell you exactly who I am. Is that gonna be a single? It will be something important. It will be the first or the last, or its own little thing. Mm-hmm. I, I don't really know. I'm very, I, I really love this song. I'm going. I haven't like put it on TikTok yet. So wrapping up just a little bit, mm. where can we listen to your music and keep up to date with what you are doing and what you are working on? Listen to me um, on this podcast right here. Uh, <laughs> you can listen to me on Spotify, Apple Music, um, Tidal, anywhere you can stream music at Spencer Jordan. Uh, you can find me if you want to see more about my life. I'm on Instagram at Spencer Jordan. I'm on TikTok <laughs> at Spencer Jordan. Follow me there, guys. And don't friend me on Facebook because Facebook is for my grandparents. Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode of Music Wave. For more episodes, go to www.whje.com. I'm thinking about you, pulling me close, whispering my ear, tell me all you want.